All right, we're rolling in three, two, one. Movie time. Movie time. time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Time Extra. It's the show where we talk about movies with a little something extra. I'm your producer, your co-host, and deconstructed drone missile. My name is Dashiell Marco. And I'm your amateur researcher, thematic analyst, and all-around good-time ghoul, Tyler Duncan. Today we are watching 2016's Under the Shadow, written and directed by Babak Inbari. That October time ghoul. Yep, all of October. I'm a good time ghoul. Yes. If you enjoy our show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Make sure to tell your friends to join our cult. Now, you may or may not know this, but our cult only listen, listens to the dulcet tones and 808s of DJ Cutman who is the author of our bangin' theme song, please check DJ Cutman out on Bandcamp. Solid bangers and bops all the way through. Love those bells. You can also send us an email at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think is a little extra. Give us a movie to review or just say what up. Yeah, if you don't, we'll curse you with sick a gin on you speaking of which there will be spoilers in this show and if you don't like it then I am placing a curse on you right now oh no <laughs> what the fuck happened in this movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot uh, which I think I say every episode, but this is a lot in a very cool, subtle way, though. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot to say on this movie. I've had a fucking hell of a week, and yes, my you brain have. is like extremely fried right now. But you know what? You're gonna get my gears turning. I, I will. You know, I I got my notes here. Should we do uh, just a really quick recap? Yeah. Please do. Are you feeling it for this one? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, there's a lot. The, like, the setting and, like, there's some stuff culturally, like, in the spookiness of the film that, like, isn't super known in the West. So, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's something I really liked about this film as well as it's, it's not a Western film. I think it was made in, like, the UK somewhere. Was that right? Or I is- don't know. We should look that up real quick. Yeah. We should know these things. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to. Whoops. So I guess it's like considered like a Persian film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Babak Inbari is Iranian born. And then it was produced by a British film company called Wigwam Films. And I guess released in Britain. That sounds about right. So it's, you know, not like a... Super obscure. It, it this isn't like a super obscure film. Like we didn't we watch it on Netflix or something? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's 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 well known. And and I guess before we even 
get into it. It's like, this was a good movie. Delightful. Yeah. This... Delightfully spooky. Yeah, I Ugh. liked it. Like, I, before we watched it, I only knew a little bit about it or what I kind of had read as, you know, the synopsis. And I was like, kind of thinking it was going to be like a super dry kind of, or like a dry and realistic film. And then I was like really pleasantly surprised that that was like not the whole get at of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's got some, it's got some, some good historical accuracy, but also spookiness. Yeah. All kind of wet spookiness. <laughs> I wrote down the notes opening music. I guess I like the opening music of this song or of this movie. Um, I guess we had She Day was the mom, Dorso was the daughter, and I think one of the first scenes in the film that we get is uh, She Day uh, at her like college that she was going to, and she's like getting kicked out of it because of, of some like political activism that she had done years prior, uh, which set a big tone for this film. And she starts like throwing her books away. Um, she finds a key. What was that key for? It was for her little, like, locked cabinet. Oh, yeah, yeah. She put one book inside of her locked cabinet and then, like, hid the key. Um, Yeah, good background. Good music in this film, I guess. I kept writing that down. Uh, And then we get this uh, bomb alarm that's, like, pretty integral to the film. We're going to keep getting that, and we... I think... Did we know? We we already knew at this time that it was that this film is taking place like during the Iran Iraq War. Mm-hmm. There's like a a small like kind of screen scroll of like this is this is this war. It took place 1980 to 1988, and and then it just kind of goes from there. Yeah, and uh, because we're probably gonna get political in this film. That was like a war that the U.S. like helped instigate, right? So that Iran could be dominant over Iraq, and that we could pretty much take oil from both of them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally sure on what the U.S. influence was, um, but I don't doubt that that is actually what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we, um, or well, the U.S. did not. We like, didn't do that. No, yeah. <laughs> um, the U.S. did not like the uh, current administration uh, I believe Iran actually had a king at that point as well um, and then uh, the Khomeini um, there was two well there's Khomeini and there's Khomeini um, no sorry my yeah, coworker. So my coworker is from Iran and she has explained this to me multiple times and I feel terrible that I'm well, not remembering it here, here's what we know between but, the two of us, right? Yeah, that the, there were um, a sect of essentially like a lot. It was a lot of like academics who wanted to go back to a theocracy, and that happened, and that is now where Iran is, and that is why I have my wonderful coworker because <laughs> yeah. uh, she had to dip. And what it, I mean, I guess you probably. It sounds like you might know a bit more between the two of us, but what I know is that our country <laughs> has 
shit on both of these countries and used them both for like oil and profit for like many, many years. And that's something that I can at least say without doubt. Absolutely. Um, and the, we stand firmly against that. Yes. The UN, I think the US was like, well, this king is way too spicy. Yeah. And modernist. And we can't handle that because we want oil. We want their oil. We want hegemony, of course. So that happened. Yeah. And in describing like the setup of this film, I mean, I really like this. And this is why I knew that we'd have a lot to talk about here is because like as Americans, we don't usually watch films like this, especially mm-hmm. films that like take place in countries that the U.S. like has occupied. Um, So I like really appreciated that like lens of perspective and how that was like really well portrayed in like the opening um like 20 30 minutes of the film it was all very like it it was nothing repetitive it was all just like what's gonna happen next you know like how are they gonna keep showing us this this place so and and that's why we went on that tangent there from the from the bomb alarm because it just you know we we go to all these the families in the apartment complex, uh, in the the bomb shelter underneath or the basement I guess probably not an actual bomb shelter but it's like a underground basement mm-hmm. and that's something that you don't really see in movies ever at least where we don't see in most of the movies that that not not to speak for you Tyler <laughs> but not, not so, unless not, you're yeah. watching something maybe set in like World War Two yeah you know like yeah. You see that a lot for like stuff that's set during the Blitz, but other than that, no. Yeah, or like um, apocalypse slash like uh, sur- survivalist or pre- preppy esque movies that you know. Th- th- there's a few movies with bomb shelters in them, but but you don't usually see them in the context of war unless it's like World War Two or something in yeah. American film culture. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote down bootlick her husband. <laughs> I can't remember exactly why. You I know, Iraj did what he had to do to just keep getting his medical degree. I guess. Uh, well, I think he was like shitting on her for. Oh yeah, he, he was shitting on her for was. having protested. He absolutely was. Yeah, he was like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that if you wanted to be a doctor. Or something like that, and that's I think that's why I wrote down bootlicker. But yeah. I get, I'm not. Trying but to... he is. He's a fucking bootlicker, yeah. and he sucks. Uh, we got a little bit of foreshadowing on the gin. I don't 100 percent remember how. I think it might have been from well, one of the neighbors or something. Oh, is um the uh, the landlord's wife. The landlord's wife sort of starts talking about um, gin early on, and Shade is having none of it. Shade lives, you know, Shade was very much against the Cultural Revolution and is kind of a secular person, doesn't believe in gin, thinks it's all fairy tales. And so, yeah. But yeah, I think that's um, it's the landlord's wife. Yeah. So that's all pretty much like the setup of the film. I think that's like the first third of it. Um, I wrote down, what would she do? A uh, missile threat. And I'm pretty sure this is exactly when a like very large, uh, presumably drone missile, uh, like falls on their apartment complex and is lodged like two, 
two thirds the way through the roof. Um, yeah, that happened right then. Uh, she like leaves Dorsa, her daughter, in their apartment to like run upstairs and because they're like, we need a doctor. Somebody's hurt. Uh, she runs up there. That scene was <laughs> pretty silly, from what I remember. I don't. We don't even need to get into that. It's just, um, but yeah, it was just like no. She had no fear. This missile's lodged in the fucking roof. It could explode at any uh, moment. Yeah. Um, and Dorsa gets like knocked out. I guess, or she maybe like falls to the floor and gets knocked out. But I kind of got the feeling that like that's when the the gin thing started happening because like there was that scene was just a little bit weird to me but i but it, but, but i don't know we can articulate on this stuff I, a little later if we want i like to think of it as the gin rides in on the missile dr Zhivago style <laughs> <laughs> like cowboy hat off in the in the breeze well yeah maybe and, and maybe at the same time that that missile you know striking and um that it didn't, you know, there wasn't like an immediate physical threat, but maybe that was um, metaphorical or like analogous to like when the the jinn showed up in mm-hmm. some way or something like that. I I didn't even it's think like of that. The war has been brought to Tehran, the yeah. city they live in. So, um, so I'm gonna try not to dwell on this too much. Like, or, or I'm gonna try not to like take forever with this recap. Um. She is like kind of in denial about the stuff. Like her husband is like, go to my, you know, my parents' house, um, out somewhere else. I can't remember where, but you know, like away from the war. Um, she doesn't want to give up her sense of normalcy or stability in life. I feel like, and that's a topic that we're going to talk about. I, I, I would assume. Um, she she like watches like old. 90s like workout videos i can't remember the 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 name of the jane lady. fonda yeah jane fonda yeah. thank you uh yeah she w- watches like jane fonda workout videos and works out to let her stress out and she's like stressed at this point <laughs> i have a few sound bites here i don't know can't i took really loose notes because i was pretty i was pretty invested in this movie while we were watching it yeah i didn't um, want to miss anything yeah mm-hmm. um I don't know. You want to just see what I have here? Yes. And if you speak Farsi, hey, hey. <laughs> You'll know what's happening, dialogue-wise. Otherwise, we're just going to, I think, talk over it and let you guys know what's going on. So let's see what this is. I just wrote down, ooh, with three O's. They travel on the wind. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Okay, so while I'm doing this pretty awful recap, will you explain what just happened and how important it is and how I haven't even mentioned it yet? So the wife of the landlord, who we mentioned previously, uh, it kind of like makes Shade sit down and have tea with her 
in the afternoon <clears throat> and she explains that if the jinn get a personal possession of yours um then you're marked by them essentially and you can't get away from them they'll always know where to find you no matter where you go in the world yeah and the daughter in this film which is what the part the important part that i definitely hadn't mentioned uh her doll has gone missing yeah um kimia yeah kimia and Mm -hmm. uh shade's kind of been like not even really looking for the doll because she refuses to believe any of this gin stuff like the landlord lady she thinks is totally like Shade thinks that like that lady's completely bad shit oh yeah uh and just a superstitious old bat um but we're gonna learn that you know the you know the, like the, this is the end of the foreshadowing before she gets through yeah um I only took five timestamps in this whole movie, and the other one was four minutes from here. So let's just see what let's just see what it is. Yeah. My note here was take stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's just got a fucking book on Jen for some reason. They're like a whole ass thing. Yeah. Oh, and, I know. And like, yeah, it just seems like oh, it just seems very convenient, but you know, not dunking on anybody. <laughs> that might not have that book. And, okay, I can't even remember why I timestamped that. My notes on this are really shoddy. They're all like one sentence notes. I wrote down window jump scare, aerobatics with aerobics without the music. <laughs> yeah. After her, her daughter took her tape, or the gin took her the tape. Gin I guess. took the tape, definitely. Yeah. Well, we don't know that yet. I wrote down, are you okay? Oh, yeah. I think that's a trope where I. Th- the, this is a trope that bugs me when it's always the main character of a movie and someone's like, are you okay? And they just like are like, yeah, totally. And they're they're never fucking okay oh. in a horror movie ever, but I hate that trope. I just do. Like, what if someone just once was emotionally honest in one of these? <laughs> yeah, just, just once. Just one. Just one. <laughs> I can't stand that. Just like, and because it's not hard to subvert that either. They'd be like, "No, I'm not okay. I'm being fucking haunted by a gin or by a gin, or my daughter is fucking crazy. I don't know what to do." And they'd just be like, "Ooh, uh, that's more than I was expecting." Yeah. From the are you okay? I'm not really that invested. But. Oh shit! What? Well, maybe I can help. <laughs> I don't. Or yeah. That, or that. You know. Yeah. Or you know, you have a loving support system yeah. who wants to know how you're doing. <laughs> And you don't just lie to them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a weirdo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I wrote that down. I think that was probably my my only really gripe with this film was that she that she was just so stubborn. Oh. And that's why the, this movie goes the way it goes. The minute, the minute that missile came through my apartment complex roof. Nobody, nobody would want to keep living there. I'm gone. I'm out of there. Yeah. Um, so, and on that note, um, at about this part in the film, most of the other tenants start leaving. Um, 
Shide finally starts looking for Kamiko, the doll of her daughter. Um, she finally starts fucking looking, and she starts tearing the place apart. But she, like, I don't know if this is in your notes or we didn't just we did we did not uh, obviously we did not talk about this at all before we started doing it. But um, how gaslighty she is with her daughter just like is really made her like let, let, like I think that was a big theme in this film was like I wanted to like her but then she was just kind of so shitty she's <laughs> not a sympathetic protagonist yeah like at one point like her daughter you know sees the fucking gin uh it's like probably close to here in the film but she like sees the gin and she like goes into her mom's room and she's like oh my god I'm scared and you know, and they're all super fucking stressed because they have to go into the basement at every time a fucking plane flies over, basically, or whatever. And I and I understand that part of it, but she's, like, so short with her daughter, like, the whole time. She's like, ugh. Like, like they're, they're sitting down in the bomb shelter, and she's like, you know what? You can sleep in my bed tonight. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's not good parenting. One concession. I Neither of us are parents, but I think we can agree that that's pretty pretty rough well i mean i do have a little bit of empathy for her or maybe sympathy is more like it i don't think i could empathize with someone in this situation but she's deeply unhappy right now you know i think she was expecting to become a doctor um it was something that her mom was incredibly proud of her mom passed away recently like in the film and she's not able to go back to school because of her like political affiliations and now she's a stay-at-home mom in an, an in a seriously oppressive society so i think she's she's really unhappy with her lot in life i think it doesn't excuse the fact though that she's definitely taking it out on dorsa and that really sucks yeah so it makes her really hard to like you know I don't know, like as a protagonist sometimes. And she's so fucking stubborn. They're going to bomb Tehran. You should go to your in-laws. Like, <laughs> right? oh. oh. Yeah. And the, the, you can, oh yeah, you can sleep next to me tonight was after she had destroyed her daughter's room. Looking, looking for, for the, the doll. doll. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you probably just need a place to sleep tonight, honestly, because yeah. nothing in your room is set up. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up this recap so that we can get to probably your actually like what's the word uh formulated notes rather than somewhat trying to remember what happened in this movie (laughs) well it'll give us more stuff to talk about i'm sure uh she actually sees the gin uh sorry um she day actually sees the gin for the first time it goes gin to the ceiling uh, and the <laughs> the mess in the apartment progresses nicely. I liked how messy the apartment got. I enjoyed that from a like oh. c- cinematographic <laughs> cinematography. What the fuck am I <laughs> trying to say? What word? I'm cinematography. S- Cinematog- cinematographic. Is that a word? Cinematographic. Cinematographic. I don't know. At us. Cinnamon, uh, uh, cinnamon. I liked the cinnamon taste in my mouth. When the apartment so got all messy. No. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. 
Uh, there were some pretty lame jump scares, I thought. Um, I liked I was them. pretty tired of them at that point. I disagree. That hand coming through the window in her dream, I liked that a lot. I mean, the dream, Satisfied the dream me. one's okay, I guess, but it was just like, okay, great, you did a jump scare. Good fucking job. Because I fucking hate jump scares, but I liked these. I, mean, I don't know why. I feel like a movie's like doing the like elevated shit, that's when the jump scares kind of throw me off a little bit you know where i'm like uh everything about this movie is really good and really well thought out and it's like oh here's a fucking jump scare and it's like <laughs> i'm doing the fap off yeah. thing with my hand right now like because that's that's what it does for me i thought you were better than that movie yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, her husband calls for like the first time. They've got this big red phone. I had the best pun ever after, you know, she has to run into the other room for something and she throws the phone down. I'm like, oh, she left him on red. <laughs> we laughed so hard. <laughs> that was so good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um. Okay, I have two more timestamps here. We might as well. They're at the very end of the movie, right? Yeah. So they found her little doll, and it's all ripped up, and it's in mom's locked drawer. So it looks like mom did it. Yeah, totally saw that coming. And then, I think it's like a minute after that or whatever. Or... What? No, I did totally see that coming. Um... Then the pretty much I think right after that or that night, at least the alarm goes off again. So oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. That what happens? Night. Like she sees the gin, and she goes running after it or something. Like she like here's my notes. That that scene the doll. Then she let her kid out of her sight. She lets Dorsa out of her sight, like foolishly, while they're finally trying to escape or something she, they're trying to escape the apartment and then there's two kids and then there's two dorses because yeah. she and then she i don't know there was some weirdness right there yeah because they're they're going they're going down for an air raid uh they're going down to the basement and then she leads dorsa downstairs but then she can hear dorsa screaming upstairs for her mom like, don't leave me, don't leave me. So she goes back upstairs, and then uh, the gin is just there being fucking terrifying, doing its gin things. Uh, and then when she comes back down, she realizes, oh, she was with the real Dorsa. <laughs> and Dorsa's <laughs> pissed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, none of these sound bites are doing this movie justice, so I'm not even going to play the last one. But there's a pretty awesome scene with the gin in the basement, I believe. And this really cool blanket thing that it does, I guess. It gets all... There's lots of blankets in it. Um, And then they they drive away. Uh, They get away eventually. And then I think the camera just cuts back to, like, the... Her The, the, um, the blasted hole in the, uh, the roof of the apartment and, like, the head of the dolls laying there, I think, or something. It's the book. It's the mom's book. Oh, okay. The mom's yeah. um, anatomy book. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. bigger book. So it's I thought like it was a piece of the doll, but maybe I'm misremembering. Oh, uh, maybe it was the doll's head. I forget. I yeah. thought it was a piece of the doll because they had already like latched onto Dorsa. Yeah. 
I don't know. But yeah, either way, they're marked now. Anyway, so. if you just listened to all of that, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. And I you said Dungeon Town. Oh, fuck. This is not your fucking D&D podcast. Holy fuck. Which is delightful and you should listen to. So Dungeon tired. Town on all the podcatchers. But... If you just <laughs> listen to all that, please email us at movietimeextra at gmail.com. And I apologize for everything that just went into your ears because that was... Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long week. It has been a long week, bud. No worries. Well, so what do you know about Jin? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I guess probably like the the basic mythological stuff and maybe like D and D lore shit like that. That's true. They are in D and D. Yeah, or like Genie in a bottle, maybe like. A lot like the genie in Aladdin might have been a djinn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From even just from early childhood f- cartoons and shit. But I, I guess I wouldn't have called him that at that age. No. Um. The name, the word genie, does like derive from the word djinn, and I guess djinn singular is genie. So it just mm-hmm. kind of turns into genie after a while. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so Jin, Jin are freaking fascinating. Um, I loved that we started watching this movie and it, we didn't totally know what it was about. I have been listening to the podcast The Hidden Jin by the lovely um, Rabia Chaudhry. Oh, yeah. You you told me that. You were it listening to a podcast just about this shit. started about a month ago. So and cool. It is fucking fantabulous. You have to email them. Yeah, and tell right. Them. <laughs> but, tell them that they made your day. Yeah, but um, and so when I figured out this, when it was like, oh, like I have in my notes, just you know, one of my big bullet points is the word "gin" in all caps with an exclamation <laughs> point. Like I was so excited. Um, so gin, what the fuck is a gin? Well, a gin is a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, jinn are extra-dimensional beings. And they were, it's believed in some teachings that they came after angels, but before humans. Um, and no shit. Yeah, yeah. So they were beings made after the angels by Allah. And, you know, where angels are these like holy creations and then we are made more of the earth jinn are said to be made of fire and air it's like hot wind essentially is like their element and that's in like what what kind of regional religious philosophy so jinn are actually older than islam uh, jinn, so it's jinn like are, an, an Islamic belief. Yes, it's been folded into Islamic belief a lot like uh, saints were folded into um, Catholicism. Like if you okay. think about it that way. it They're, they're, they're kind of like... But jinn were probably more mischie- mischievous than saints. Absolutely. And there aren't... And I guess just to ask you and to... Because I, because I do appreciate how it's like a regional thing, and I like that. Because there aren't really jinn, jinn in uh, like Western religions, right? Not particularly. Um, it, they are considered like Abrahamic, and there are 
some i think there are some like hebrew texts that can refer to like entities that are like jinn but it's really more of an it's like an adaptation into like islam word yeah um and it's interesting just because like some jinn are good some jinn are bad but the vast majority of them are completely neutral they don't give a fuck about us, about our physical plane, or about our plights and struggles. They literally just like live and die in their own world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have to tell my most recent gen story because this is probably my only bit that Ooh. I'll be able to contribute to what, what you probably researched for this. <laughs> but it was from uh, American Gods by uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. And there's like a side story of one of the like, I think it's called Living in America. Um, the like side, uh, I guess. How do you want to describe that? They're they're like non-related to like the main story. Mm. Um, but it like follows this Middle Eastern taxi driver in New York City, um, who's just like having a hard time with shit, and like kind of the first half of his story is like pretty mundane he's just like a driving a taxi i think and uh or wait no he's not driving a taxi he's like trying to sell um things made in india i believe to like like gift shops and shit in uh america he doesn't really like it or whatever and then he kind of i think he tries to like hire a prostitute or like hooks up with this guy um who turns out to be a djinn and they like he they he like like the djinn like gives him like the best like sex of his life and then like steals that dude's passport and like flies back to india but leaves him like his id and like cab and like cab keys so he's like here's a new life for you <laughs> you know like i just took your life here's your so yeah i and i feel like that's kind of maybe that like neutral like that's probably just, on the good side just kind of a little like, but, stinker but also it's not yeah. really good it's kind of like i don't really give a fuck like yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'll just yeah. go i'll be you now mm-hmm. yeah uh, so i don't know i I had to mention that because yeah it seems like there's very few who who seriously meddle in like human affairs in in because they give a shit uh, like yeah, they don't care about our politics, or you know, um, they they don't ever particularly seem to either even want to like subjugate us for the most part either. They just like the like the bad ones just kind of want to fuck with us a little bit, <laughs> you know, just kind of like like yeah, I'm gonna ruin your crops. I love it. I'm a gin. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just like naughty little. N- Naughty little wind demons. Yeah. But they're not demons. Uh, they're so, more like satyrs. Yeah, but you can't... But they're like fourth dimensional. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that is an interesting thing. It's said that for a lot of djinn, uh, it's really hard for them to completely get into a human form that is... Um, like accurate and so they can typically do a pretty good job but their legs are usually bent backwards like their knees go back instead of forward 
kind of amateurs. a little bit like a satyr you know what i mean oh, yeah oh yeah, wow yeah, 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 yeah. like a like horsey legs uh <laughs> i'm pretty spotty on my like ancient history but greek and like arabic societies have to have been sort of kind of close but we don't really live like in america we don't really learn about like ancient arabic societies you learn a little bit like the teeniest bit in world history i remember some uh but you you always end up focusing on more on northern africa like egypt yeah and like greek and roman shit yeah but all that shit was happening at the same time right like and like along with like chinese and like indian and like for a while not forever but for a while like japanese society like all those things pretty much well i don't know fuck i'm so fucking dumb they definitely weren't like dying dying of plagues and fucking up as hard as europe was yeah uh in the middle ages for show but how um, do we know how okay email us time extra gmail how how the fuck do we even know what happened Four thousand years ago, they wrote it down. Yeah, but it, but what if it was fake news? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, I uh, mean, and obviously, fuck Donald Trump. I, I'm just being sardonic. Oh with no, that. But like, oh. I'm just being sardonic when I say you know fake news. But like, yeah. I'm just trying to be funny, and I know it's not funny. I'm so. I'm so numb to the FN phrase now that I don't, I don't even grok it as a joke anymore. But yeah, I don't but, know. What, whatever happened fucking 10,000 years ago is like pretty fucking sub, or not, not subjective or objective. It's like, I don't know. It's probably, and, and, you know, even if it's what people wrote down, like there's like a telephone game effect, right? Absolutely. For, for, throughout x amount of thousands of years like yeah who the fuck knows we've only had written language probably the last three thousand years yeah i don't know i'm not trying to ask you, you to know? give me a history but lesson but it's like yeah everything everything was oral history up until the point where we started making notches on slate so like yeah, definite telephone effect, and then different cultures. You know, as as stories spread, they get changed for cultural contexts and all that stuff. Like, yeah, so yeah. You know, this is like one of the first times I really thought this, but it's like history is like kind of interesting. <laughs> are you fucking kidding? How are we friends? How have we been friends for this long? <laughs> I was just kidding. I was we have trying a, to get you to laugh. We have other shared interests, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek and metal. We still got well, that. I've always been interested in like ancient history, but not so much like middle history. Like I like ancient and modern history, but there's like this... I don't know, from like 50 years ago to like a thousand years ago, or no, from like 50 years ago to like two or 300 years ago, I'm kind of like, meh. <laughs> like industrialization's cool, I guess, but it's not like, I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, Tyler. <laughs> See, that's kind of the the part that I, I like stuff. I like hearing about that stuff. I, I was really into 
Elizabethan history, like Elizabethan England as a a young acting student because you have to learn it because if you don't know the the cultural context and you, if you don't know what they're talking about in the Elizabethan English that you are speaking, then you're not going to know how to act that scene. Like you have to know how they lived to yeah. talk, how they talked, that kind of shit. Um, so that's what got me into that. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's, there's something, there's something in it for, for everybody. I'm. I apologize because I'm going off on a huge fucking tangent about how I know like very little about <laughs> modern history. Uh, at, I mean, what you probably have. We could probably talk about this for a long time because I because I like the way that this. Like I said before earlier, like I like how much shit that this movie has for like a Western audience that we don't usually see. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it makes me think. It makes my brain do stuff (laughs) (laughs) Uh, makes my brain tangle uh so really quick uh jinn lived for thousands of years as opposed to a human lifespan do you believe in jinn you know i'm not sure i am pretty skeptical but i like to keep an open mind especially when it comes to other cultural traditions um yeah, it, it's entirely possible. We could, I mean, uh, you have watched a pod, or you have listened to a podcast on about about Jen, but even if you hadn't, we could probably talk about. We could talk about. We could talk about mythology for like hours and hours. And Hell hours. yeah! Email us. What, what what the fuck do you want to listen to us talk about? But I but I don't know. Like I mean, I'd say it's such an interesting question because it's like there's so much lore and mythology on these topics and it's like you know I can say like yeah Jen are real for sure like I wouldn't have even if I said that it wouldn't like have much weight or even if I said I believe in Jen that wouldn't fucking mean anything because I don't really know anything about them mm-hmm. I think like the more you know about something like that the more your belief probably like <laughs> matters yeah Um. I also believe that bad things happen to good people and people have hard lives and sometimes it's easier to explain that you have been uh like touched and are being affected by a djinn than it is like it's easier to believe that than it is to believe that the universe is just so random and cruel so i could go either way and that's kind of the the direction that i didn't want to go with this show it's just like a lot of like human suffering is completely man-made and it may be easier for people to like cope with that if they're like this is because of some supernatural force and no one could be this awful that they would let or want this to happen to me yeah you know like that that's such a fucking deep thing and like we could we could talk about that for a long time to like or any any of these things and it's like it's fucking it's just a lot to like think about and the movie doesn't address these things directly but it like made us think all this stuff so here's the thing that i really enjoy about this movie if you don't know shit about Jin, it's still a good fucking movie yeah they do a great job of just kind of baseline like talking about who and what Jin are and then it gets real spoopy and the gin is real spoopy 
and yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's I'd, good. I would say the supernatural <laughs> element of this movie is maybe like a ten or fifteen percent of it, if that. Like probably probably yeah. probably on the lesser side. It's really pro- yeah, I think so. Because you're you're constantly doubting whether it's maybe the little girl is just sick. Maybe she just got got a bug, and she, that's why she's got a fever. Maybe she like lost her doll. Four year olds aren't great at keeping track of their belongings. Yeah, it yeah. can be this or that because the actual screen time of the entity is so limited. It's like it's open for interpretation, you know, and. For the genre of movies that we watch, I'm surprised that we haven't talked about this more too. Of just like when you're portraying like supernatural things like this, like how you really don't need a lot of screen time with a creature like this. Oh yeah. Like I like, I like how they did it here, and I like how limited it was here. Yeah. Where with the last movie we watched, The Ritual, it was like not as well done because it's like people were getting like physically killed mm-hmm. in that movie. And this movie's more of like a, oh, I put something somewhere and it moved. Or like something's gone, something's missing, something with a big attachment to me or to my family. And it's like, it's more subtle. Things are alluded to. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes more sense that like it is kind of, and kind of even when she sees the creatures, you know, when she sees the djinn, um, I think it only takes two different forms, but it's it's not like a I'm gonna grab you and stick you in a fucking tree. It's like I'm gonna like scare you and freak you out and yeah. make you question whether what you just saw was real or not. Like, and it's it's, it's not spooky in a gory way so much like the ritual. It's spooky in a mysterious way because the the gin looks like a woman in a burka, essentially. But like, there's no face. Yeah, like there, it's like black in the uh, face area. I remember and that's this kind of just like checkered, like burka wearing entity. Yeah, yeah. But then it, I feel like it came to her as like a as like a more male figure too. The first time that she saw it, because she yeah. saw like a man standing by her door. Yeah. Um, and I did note that at least in my head that I might be wrong. But I gin or shapeshifters. Yeah, I seem They're, to remember it having like a male and a female form, and then the female form is what like really tried to keep them there, which may be referencing her being the female that like in the relationship that she's in that wanted to like stay there. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so really quick, let me get to my last points about gin. And yeah, if you need to go. The only ones that give a fuck about us are the ones we need to worry about. And then there are djinn who love children and not in like a gross bad way, but in like a they just adore hanging out with human children and they play with them and have a great time uh, and they attach themselves to younger kids. But then if there's even the slightest hint of neglect, the parents are in for it. Because the djinn don't put up with that bullshit. And I feel like this is uh, like a representation of that. Of like the, the djinn who like attach themselves heavily to children. But then get super male- malevolent. Totally. When a parent is fucking up. Yeah we didn't really. 
mention it. And, like, the timeline on when the djinn actually shows up is a little fuzzy, but I think that even before the missile crashed into the apartment, like, Dorsa, the daughter, was like, yeah, I had a friend, and, you know, she is just like, oh, great, she's got an imaginary friend. I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the tone that this takes because um, Dorsa doesn't have any problems with the djinn, really, aside from her doll going missing. Yeah, and a little bit of a fever. Which causes a ton of fucking stress. But Well, yeah, and yeah. the fever, but then it's implied that the fever's caused because of her emotional stress because she can't find her fucking doll. And, but I don't that's know. That's true, like, yeah, maybe, they do say that. Yeah, but I don't know. Like it, that does bring a good point because it seems like it seems like the the gin was not aggressive towards Dorsa, but also did take her fucking doll. So I don't know. Well, that's how the gin marks. Yeah, it takes the possession. I don't know. It's kind of hard to knowing what I know about gin. It's kind of hard to suss whether this is a malevolent being or if this is just a being that is reacting the way they react when parents get shitty (laughs) but i think for the purposes of the movie we can presume it's negligent uh not malevolent um and uh a real a real spoopy bad boy (laughs) uh i i really just i loved the way they depicted the djinn um I I had forgotten that there was like the like male version of it, and like Jin, like I think when it you was only like the first time that it was she like sees the first it. time she's it, yeah. Um, it they kind of remind me like when you read about them, you, that reminds you a little bit of like um, Skinwalkers, which in Dene are known as Yeni Goloshi, um, and that's a Dene Navajo um, like kind of like cryptid skinwalkers are i mean from my knowledge from like native american history right that they're yeah dine Um, navajo but they're they're bad they're very bad like like, they are not cool yeah they this is like have like different alignments like skinwalkers are bad like skinwalkers skinwalkers would be like evil gin yeah um which is the one if you're making that comparison, that's what I would exactly, say is yeah. the main difference there. Is cause... But there are evil djinn. It's yeah. just, yeah, so, you know, is there, you know, I, I'm just I, saying that there's there's I, there's weird little, like, anal- like analogous, like, cryptids and, um, like, mythological creatures and, like, religious beings that, like, are so similar yet so different to Jin, that it really makes me wonder. We, like, we it have really to watch, makes me want to believe in them. We have to watch more cryptid movies, but we should watch The Mothman Prophecies after that. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I haven't seen it, but I've read most of the book. <laughs> yeah. See, and we grew up in that area, kind of. We grew up just like 150 miles away from that that bridge, from where yeah. like a lot of that shit went down. So like, it's kind of, a, it's like, you hear about it a lot. Oh, I'm about you know? it. I I definitely. Think... I love that movie and that book. Just Let's for do one, it. One more fucking note, just on that Skinwalker tip. That just because you brought it up and it made me think, it's like, I don't know why, but like Skinwalkers have always been like a really fucking scary idea for me in folklore. Because from what I know about the like, I guess Navajo. What what it what would you call it like tradition. From, yeah, the tradition or, like, what has been passed down, like, that they'll fucking let us 
fucking white people know, right? Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Is that like that was share. like yeah. the most evil person among them? That was like they would like you wouldn't know that a skinwalker was a skinwalker until they like happened to like slip up somehow, yeah, and like reveal that they weren't who they appeared to be, and like that like that idea always kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like powerful, powerful bad magic and bad medicine yeah. that they practice. Like it is, it is really quite scary. Um, my good friend Connor is Navajo and yeah, it's like not something to, to be discounted. Uh, let's put it that way. Like when I was in Northern Arizona with him, me and my friend Emily had an experience that was very, very freaky and very uncool. Um, and there wasn't a, a great way to explain what it was. Uh, and like, it was like from then on, I'm like, all the respect, all the fucking respect. Skinwalkers <laughs> are real. Uh, yeah. Like, well, we're yeah. almost out of time. <gasps> uh, but so you'll have to tell me about that off mic. But if you want to hear about yeah. that and listen or you, you'll definitely have to email us and chide. Tyler into doing telling that story on air yeah but uh, that's why that's why I keep my mind open and I have my mind totally open uh, to gin because it's good to have your mind keep open keep that brain blowed open <laughs> I shouldn't yell into the mic I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'll just turn you way down <laughs> did you have any other notes or things that you want to talk about no i just wanted to talk about how fucking cool jen are <laughs> and how fucking, fucking cool this cool. movie is yeah. that it's like it, it's you know it's a it's a an iranian filmmaker talking about something that is you know culturally important and on top of that it's a really interesting like like it's the 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 context of the movie historically is fascinating and if you want to know more about why our country and our military industrial complex fucking sucks learn about the the Khomeini and like the like where Hezbollah started like all of that stuff that's all us um yeah we fucking suck yeah so it's like cool in that context and oh it's just a good movie yeah is this a good movie i really enjoyed this movie like i would i'd give this movie a fucking just a solid eight out of ten. Oh yeah i, mean, like, I would agree with that easy, i'd even yeah. i'd even go for a nine out of ten actually for me but i would give it a nine if like her stubbornness was maybe just a little more fleshed <laughs> she out she was more likable as a human <laughs> being or just like there was yeah. more motivation for why she was so reluctant to like do the right thing and and we didn't even talk about this and we're we're running low on time although i am tempted to be like we could just talk about this movie for another fucking half hour and then cut out the the recap but yeah i just wish like her character motivations were like a little stronger or just we had a little more like understanding of why she was so like reluctant to believe her daughter or look for like why is she such a shitty parent but it's not it's not that it's like uh, it's a it, it was a few different things that then like I felt like the jump scares were I just felt like they were really lame I I think I liked like one of them and there were like four or five in the movie and I was just like come on like the rest of this movie is like 
really pretty good. And then you're throwing in these fucking weak ass jump scares, and it's just like, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You made me ch- shudder briefly, but it's like that's not what I find scary. Agree to disagree, asshole. <laughs> it's fine. You can <laughs> like the jump scares. I just, I just think they're lame. We could talk about what we thought was the most extra in this movie, but yeah, that's right. We got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. That's that, the whole point of the there, podcast. There's our, there's our time failure. Hey, Tyler. What? What did you think was the most extra thing happening in this movie? I think I know what it is. The bomb. It's not the fucking genie. That unexploded bomb. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That was definitely the most extra thing. But also, like, just her, her, her fucking... Non-reactions? Her non-reactions? Her reaction non reaction slash non-reaction to it. But no, yeah, you could easily make um, a rad movie about Jin like possessing and terrorizing folks. Um, but the fact that like the Jin is brought by an unexploded missile, I just yeah, it's like an extra yeah. little like oh oh that's fun oh I like that. Fuck yeah! Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. All right, yeah. So that was under the shadow. Sorry, I'm so fucking out of it this week. You can add me about it. Please do. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen Under the Shadow, go fucking watch it. I think you'll enjoy it if you're into these types of movies. I major recommend as well. Now, if you enjoy our show, I major recommend you please rate, review, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And make sure you tell your friends if you like us, and then maybe they'll like us. You scrub. You can also email us at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think is extra, to suggest a movie, or to tell us what you want to hear us shoot the shit about. You can leave your application for our cult right there. Yeah. Our banging ass names on by the amazingly talented DJ Cutman. <laughs> and that's it for tonight. We'll see you all in a couple weeks. Love you. Bye-bye. Mm, bye. <laughs>